When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. I'm Cheerson Soussel here with Johnny Venerable. We have both had very long days. It was emotional, emotionally draining to watch that game and watch the Cardinals end the season in the fashion that they did. Then we all got in the car this morning. And had to drive back to Phoenix, hit some traffic. It was a long drive. And uh, we're a little drained, Johnny. I'm very tired, as is Kirsten. For those of you who have pushed back on us driving, uh, PHNX offered to fly us. We wanted to drive. It's part of the experience, I think. So first of all, for all you haters, they're like, oh, you have to drive from Phoenix to L.A. Suck it. We wanted to drive. We were in control. (laughs) It makes for better content, but in all seriousness, um, I wanted that game to at least be competitive. Of course, we wanted the Cardinals to win. I don't know. Like I sat down next to Cheerson in the press box, and the game started off so poorly, and she turned to me and she said, I'm not emotionally ready for the season. I haven't been emotionally prepared for the season to end tonight. And I looked at her, and I'm like, Oh, I, I've I've been emotionally prepared for a little while, but I I, I didn't I pushed those feelings away. So, Cheerson, <laughs> I hope you're prepared now because the season is now done. Yeah, I realized at halftime that I had that amount of time to start just sort of like taking a look inside and evaluating where I was emotionally and really getting a, a grasp on. Uh, it, it is over. It truly is over because by that time we already knew that the game was over. So, yeah. and I, I feel like I'm really glad that we were able to have the post game show last night because I got most of my frustrations out, but I still felt like this like emotional hangover this morning. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that you got a taste Johnny, um, of be what it's like to sit next to me in a press box because you're not really allowed to, to, comment i mean you can talk to the people that are sitting next to you but you can't just you can't scream like oh my god or you know whatever while you're watching the game so the way that i handle it is i grab onto the people next to me (laughs) i can confirm that when kyler murray threw his pick six uh (laughs) tristan grabbed myself and cam (laughs) who's sitting next to her on the opposite side and I'm like, that's a that's an incomplete pass. And I, for whatever reason, was just so wrapped up in something else. I didn't believe that that was actually happening. Um, but that ha- I those kind of instances, Cheerson, happened several times during the game. That I'm that, if there's one thing I am sad about the season is the fact that I won't get more of that this year in the press box. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's, I can't control it. It's just what happened. I mean, I can't say anything. So that's all there really is for me to do. Anyway, the, the team had their exit interviews this morning and this afternoon. And let's, I want to kind of unpack some of the takeaways from their exit interviews. 
Zach Allen spoke, Zach Ertz spoke, Jordan Hicks, Cliff, obviously, DJ Humphreys, and Antoine Wesley. So that was the rundown uh, yeah. for the final interviews. And, I mean, I think the, there were two two points that sort of made the biggest amount of buzz from fans uh, on the on the internet today. And the biggest one was Cliff's response to asking to being asked why his teams dating back to his college days as a head coach just seemed to implode towards the end of the season. And he responded that he, you know, he hasn't really looked into it that it's something he's going to have to look back and evaluate. I don't, these players and coaches can sit up there and say whatever the heck they want. Cliff could be, could have been trying to get to the bottom of this for years now and just can't seem to, or knows what it, what it is. Maybe he knows that it's him and just isn't going to comment on it or whatever. I just find it really hard to believe that he's had to suffer losing towards the end of every single season that he's ever been a head coach at in any level and not sat there and been like, man, what happened? Mm -hmm. Uh, There was nothing that the Cardinals could say today to appease the fan base outside of maybe Michael Bidwell. And I'm not condoning this, but I mean, the pulse of the fan base last night was fire. Everybody clearly Kime, cliff Vance, everybody. The only thing that would have made people happy today was for Michael Bidwell to call a press conference and say, I'm cleaning house. Now, we both assume that that was not going to happen, especially as it relates to Steve Kime. I thought leaving the press box last night, there was a chance 50-50 that, that Cliff might lose his job. But, of course, him discussing the season with the media today, they are not going to make a change now. So anybody who's secretly hoping for that to happen, they would not make him available to the media today. Um, especially after last night's post-game press conference, and then fire him. What I will say is we have not heard from Vance Joseph yet, Um, and I think if there is a move to be made potentially, that would be it. Uh, And then on a way lesser extent, maybe moving off somebody like a Billy Davis at linebacker coach. But, I mean, Cliff Cliff knows these figures that are out there as it relates to his late-season collapses. It's not like Cliff's immune to that. He knows, his family knows, everybody knows. He doesn't make good adjustments as the season progresses. The Cardinals in 2019 lost seven of their last nine. You know, and most of us just didn't think much of it because that was a rebuilding team. But then last year, after starting six and three, they lost five of seven. This year, they were 10 and two. They lost five of six. The Texas Tech stuff, it's not great. But like, we knew that ahead of time before the Cardinals hired him. So I'm not, Cheerson hung up on the Texas Tech you know, collapses late in the year in the big 12, like the Cardinals got in bed with Cliff Kingsbury for the lack of a better term, knowing his really poor record, especially late in the season at Texas tech. So we have a trend now with this team and with cliff, they brought in leaders in the off season. It didn't work. Right. I mean, Rodney Hudson and JJ Watt, they played yesterday. Those were two of their marquee additions. Didn't make a difference. Right. And it it was a complete, Anybody watch the game, assuming you watch if you're listening to this podcast, it was a complete meltdown in next to all three phases, especially offensively and defensively. So I I feel for Cliff. I think he's a good guy. I think I almost tweeted this out last night. I was too big of a coward, Cheerson, sitting <laughs> in my pull-out, pull-out bed couch at, at 1230 at night. I think Cliff is a good coach. 
And I think he's done, by and large, a good job with this team. Do I think he's the right guy to elevate Kyler Murray to the next level? I have my serious reservations about that, especially as it relates to to Kyler over the last 24 hours. The thing um, is, is who is, but who is the right guy for Kyler Murray? Like who's, who, what kind of head coach does he need to be able to pull that out of him? Because he's almost a rare breed when it comes to his personality. So if it's not Cliff, then, you know, I'm not asking, you know, what, what head coach, like name a name, but what's the style of head coach that Kyler needs? I will I will give a couple names, and this this isn't happening because the Cardinals aren't moving off of Cliff. I would say somebody like a Doug Peterson who won a Super Bowl, and somebody that Kyler could look to and say, "That's a champion. That's somebody that I respect." And I think he respects Cliff, but I it's tough love is a real thing in the NFL. And I think you know at the end of the day, you know what happened. This is like the most common example is when like the Chicago Bulls like moved off of whatever. Their coach, who was the coach before they hired Phil Jackson? They had they had a different coach. I for Doug Collins, they fired Doug Collins. They hired Phil Jackson. It elevated Michael Jordan into Michael Jordan. That's that's a very I don't know cliche response. I'm trying to think of one in like the NFL landscape, but like I mean, we saw what a coaching change did for Aaron Rodgers, going from Mike McCarthy to, to Matt Lafleur. I mean, sometimes it just helps. Now I think next season, clearly, we're gonna have one. If they falter, should falter again. So, I mean, it's going to happen one way or the other. But I, the offense gets worse every year as the season goes on. And I, I get no DeAndre Hopkins, but but man, looking at last night, like that wasn't a DeAndre Hopkins problem. That was a no. offensive philosophy, ideology problem that happened. I do think that they need to maybe take a look at their receiving core and, and make some changes. But yeah. One of the things that stood out that players were saying, which I think just goes back to Cliff, is somebody was was on just asking everybody, like, what was the most glaring part about the way you guys ended the season? And you got a lot of, um, we didn't evolve. We were inconsistent. DJ Humphrey said the way we operated as a group. All of those things, I would say, points to your head coach and we can we'll we'll dissect kyler and and the leader that he is and all of that stuff but the at the same time some some players were asked about cliff and you know everybody of course is going to defend him i i don't know one player i couldn't fathom under any circumstance any circumstance me getting up and in front of a uh reporters and sit there and talk negatively on my head coach. I mean, you just, you're not going to get that anyway. So I take that all with a grain of salt and decide to read between the lines instead. So everybody was sort of defending their head coach, but at the same time, you take a look at all of, you know, what was kind of like the most glaring thing about the way all things, the way things started to unfold towards the end of the season, all things considered, ah, they all point to Cliff Kingsbury. Um, how about that Jeremy Fowler tweet, like mid game last night that you and I saw, he said, talk to a veteran Seahawk player. So last week who said he didn't like Arizona this week, meaning against the Rams, because the Cardinals had bad body language in the Seattle game. 
Cardinals, quote, loaded up on veteran leaders to instill toughness, but it's still not enough. That is a clear indictment on Cliff Kingsbury. That's the kind of stuff. Again, it's one thing to lose to a Rams team that looks very competent and maybe a contender for the Super Bowl. It's one thing to look like you do not belong on the same field with them. You do not belong on the same field as the Detroit Lions in the last six weeks of the season. You played gutless football in week 18 against Seattle that could have clinched a division for not only your team, but for the Valley in a home playoff game and all of that, what it would have provided. I just, they are not going to start. This is not breaking news. Cheers. They're not going to start seven and zero next year. They're probably not going to start 10 and two. So this collateral that they build up early in seasons, like, they exhausted it tenfold this year just to get in, to sneak in as a five seed. So I just, you Twitter's a pretty dark place right now. It usually is, but especially after a game like that. I just feel like, number one, they don't have enough good players. The leadership thing, it's important, but they're gonna they're about to pay Kyler Murray big money at some point, probably, hopefully. But he he's the de facto leader. They, they have clear holes on the roster that became more and more apparent as the season went on. And then they have a head coach that isn't getting the most. I think they have a head coach and a defensive coordinator that when the clock struck midnight in December football did not get the best out of their players. And, yeah. And, and that's, that's where we're at. Another part of what Zach Allen said is that when they were winning, and we, we've talked about this too, when, the, when you win, you know, you sort of overlook some of the mistakes, some of the shortcomings in games. And when they started to lose and those mistakes kind of came to the surface and they were exposed for him. And he's, he's like, not that we didn't deserve to win the first seven games or whatever. Right. But you got to evolve. And, you know, that's when that's when he went on to say we never evolved. And so I don't think this this team got well. I know it'd get better as the season went on. And to me, that would be Vance Joseph on Van- Vance Joseph as well as Cliff Kingsbury. So I, you know, to your point, I don't think that they're going to let Cliff go. Although I do think that they would have allowed him to address reporters today and still let him go at some you point in the know? next couple of days. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. that's wild. That'd be wild. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think that means he's in the clear not either. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that's you're probably right. There's probably maybe a chance that that could still. I'm trying not to give people hope on this podcast that want him <laughs> on, and it's like chain smoking hate. Like we, I don't want that um, because the sooner we accept that Cliff is back, I, I think people are are able to have like a healthy conversation and move on. But I mean. I'm sure your mentions were very similar. It was like, how quickly can we fire this man? And I'm like, guys, it just, he knows how bad it looks. The organization does too. Like they're not firing him on the team jet tonight. Everybody calm down. Yeah. I would say all of Twitter, all of Twitter is anti Cliff Kingsbury right now. I've seen some people be like, okay, well, it's not like Kyler Murray's still a good player because Cliff and Kyler are kind of getting looped into the conversation and same conversation. And, and Kyler's definitely, there's definitely some people that still support Kyler, but I really haven't seen anybody come out and 
be in favor of Cliff still being the head coach. Now, I I think that he's got at least one more year as head coach here in Arizona, but I think the mindset is he doesn't deserve it. He's not going to take his team to a Super Bowl. He's not going to develop Kyler Murray the way that he needs to be developed. He's not going to coach him up. Uh, Marcus Spears on NFL Live this morning, I believe, basically said that the loss was a complete indictment on Cliff Kingsbury. So it's now it's not just fans, local media, it's national media also saying that kind of feel bad for the guy. I don't, I don't work in a profession where you have a bad season and the whole country is talking about you and saying that you're terrible and need to be fired. So I, I'm, I'm thankful. I definitely don't have the, the, thick blood to do that. So uh, I, I do kind of feel for the guy because he is getting it from all sides here. But um, and then the other thing is, is, you know, why wait another year? You're just delaying the inevitable. Um, yeah. And so you could you could argue that as well. I think. You know, I always kind of go back to like, in terms of records, like he did improve each one of his three years that he's been here. And it is really sincerely difficult to win in the postseason in this league. And in the first three years, they made it. And it's certainly something that you could say record wise that he could continue to build on because right now it's been nothing but trending in the, you know, trending up in terms of just overall record and, and where you're at in your season. Um, but, and so for that reason, I find it hard to say like, oh, just scrap it now, pull the rug out now and don't give them one more shot. The Kyler cliff duo that to me is still a little hard to say. Like I, I wanted for whatever reason, still give him one more year. I, I can't believe that this is the same coach that went on the road and won with Colt McCoy twice in, in division, one of which now is a playoff team. I can't believe this is the same coach that instilled the culture to go and win at Cleveland like they did. I, I just, he had turned a corner. We had, we had seen it. That wasn't a mirage. Those, that, that was real hard statistics where they were off to a historic start and it wasn't fluky. It was like dominant, performance after dominant performance after dominant performance. And then we hit week 14, that loss to the Rams. And it was just like, they literally either packed it in or the messaging got skewed. I it's, I've never ever in my 33 years of, of, of life watching NFL football have seen a downturn like this. That was so dramatic. He was cruising to a division title and coach of the year. And the majority of their schedule to end the year, they had a couple difficult games, but the Lions, a bad Seahawks team, the Colts at home, whom you should have beaten handedly, that didn't make the playoffs. I just, I, I don't have, there's no rationale. That's why he doesn't have one. It is so stark from the clinic that he would routinely put on week after week after week early in the season that shut everybody up nationally and locally. And we all just took a deep breath and we're like, all right, very good. We've got our coach now. 
And I cannot believe Kirsten were having this conversation. It is insane to me. It is insane. And that's even if they had lost last night and it's competitive in the fourth quarter, valiant effort, applaud, try again next year. I last night, I just there's no excuse for. It. I don't I don't even know what to say at this point. Didn't they quite literally make history? It was, you said that you had never seen a season quite like this before, just in terms of the dramatic change in direction. Weren't they literally the first team in NFL history to start the season seven and zero, and then like lose that, lose the last? Yeah, have a have a six game lose six games in a season, not like consecutively, but like they're the first okay, team so in NFL start history seven and zero, and then go on to lose six games in the same season. Yes. Yeah. So quite and literally, like, I just you've got literally Cherson as we speak. Kevin Burkhart, his agent, is tweeting out in defense of the of the fact that hey, they were thirteen and three, historically horrific offense, ranked thirty second, and they, he's turned around that. They've been decimated by injuries, right? I'm pulling up some of these quotes, basically like, you know, and then the, and that all makes sense, right? And he's like, they somehow played for the division title in the toughest division in football. Went into the second half of week eight team and first a team who had all who was all in and has seven Hall of Famers. I, I meaning the Rams, like that's that's great. And if if the season had been building to that and they fell short, that's one thing. It's just how they started, how they finished. You just can't ignore it. It's unthinkable. Wait, so his agent is as we speak tweeting. Kevin Burkhardt is tweeting. He subtweeted. Jason McIntyre, who is actually supporting Cliff, he is just looking at the cut and dry I thought record it was, of Cliff. I thought it was Eric Bur- Burkhart. What did I say? Kevin? I said, it's yeah. Eric. I'm sorry. It's Kevin Burkhart. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm like, well, give there me, you go. Give me, well, there you go. Give me a break. <laughs> no, no, it's it's Eric. Eric's see, Eric's Eric's got to do some back backtracking after he leaked the Oklahoma story to Adam Schefter. So he's trying to let's build up my guy now. Come on now. I got a lot of work to do in the offseason. Is he Kyler's agent too? Of course he is. Yes, of course he is. I'm Not just a good now, night for I didn't Eric know they had night. the same agent. Not a good night for old Eric. Eric was probably in the building, SoFi Stadium, and watching the dollars drain from his bank account, his future bank account, as it relates to hefty extensions to both Kyler and Cliff. Okay, if one more person, because I, I just pulled up his tweet, like literally he tweeted out four minutes ago. If one more person says the Cardinals couldn't get it done because they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins and that's a viable excuse. Terrible. It's terrible. Give me Those a Those people break. don't know football. I love Hop. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, you play with freaking 52 other guys on your roster. You, you ought to be able to be competitive at minimum when you start 10 and two, like DeAndre Hopkins was not the reason they were 10 and two guys. He's he, also he Mr. Burkhart also says, and the Cardinals somehow still played for the division title. No, 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 no. They didn't even, they didn't even play for the division title. Tech, technically they just continued to give it away. It just, and they, they were not in control of their destiny in week 18. 
They were not playing yeah. for anything in week 18, and they played like it. Golly. Don't Eric, yeah, just leave out the part, leave out the part that the Rams kind of gave them a gift in losing their finale, and all the Cardinals had to do was beat the Seahawks, and they would have, and they couldn't get that done. Eric has this is not a, a brag or a shameless plug. He has followed me and unfollowed me and refollowed me multiple times because of just I uh, probably because I I say something positive about Cliff and then I'll say something negative and then I'll say something positive. Just rolling with the tide, kind of like this season. So I'm due. I'm sure I'm due for an unfollow here shortly. Is that weird? First off, that's funny. Second off, is that weird that a head coach and a quarterback has the same agent? Or is that it, common? I, mean, yeah. I don't think it's common at all. No, no chance. I. They've always been a package deal, though, because I don't think even with what Kime says publicly, like. They're not taking Kyler if it's not for Cliff. Like if they would have, if they would have hired Adam Gase, Adam Gase would not have because that's who they were going to hire. Right. Adam Gase would not have wanted Kyler Murray. No flipping chance. They would have stuck with Josh Rosen. God, that would have been terrible. Jack Adam Gase and Josh Rosen. The only reason Kyler's on the team is because of Cliff. So uh, that that's that's a big part of this this whole dynamic. Where like, I will always be appreciative of what Kingsbury has done. Had they fired him early this morning, I would have had an article up at gophnx.com about we have, I Kingsbury took this team out of the muck when they were at their lowest point and made them viable and respectable again. Now they just need a coach to take the baton and get them to the next level. I was fully prepared to write that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You have a good point. Yeah. He got him. He, maybe he just got him. It was a positive thing for him to come here. He got them heading in the right direction, but then somebody else needs to be the one to take them the next step because he's done about all that he can. That's interesting. I think we're going to find that out here in the next year. All right. Well, we are in the uh, into the dig- divisional round of the NFL playoffs. The DraftKings Sportsbook app, a nutrition sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, you can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? Okay. Well, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using that promo code PHNX. You're going to get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5, win 280 in free bets if your team wins. Again, promo code PHNX. But as always, it's 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right. The second most interesting comments that were made to me came from Zach Ertz. First off, please tell me that this does not sound like a man who just wants to stay in Arizona. I'm not saying that what he said wasn't genuine. But I think there might have been a little bit of a motive behind how much he talked up Cliff and Kyler. So he called Kyler the most talented player he's ever been around. Said the sky's the limit for him. 
that he's the one to lead this team to success in the future. And also, they are just barely scratching the surface and what they can do as a quarterback tight end tandem. So let's start with that. Does anybody believe that Kyler is the most talented player that Zacherts has ever been around and he really is the guy that's going to lead them to success in the future? I think from a quarterback standpoint, yes. That Zacherts has said that, by the way, like three times this year. So I, I think you're on to something as it relates to like, hey, guys, I'd really like to stay and live yeah. in Scottsdale in Paradise Valley with my <laughs> wife who's from here. Please pay me a lot of money, uh, which I think they will, especially now. I mean, Con- Steve's not going anywhere. So I, I, I don't read anything into it other than like that was the one thing midseason where it worked out great. Zacherts was a seamless plug and play guy. He was the most reliable pass catcher after Hopkins went out. Uh, he yep. was targeted more than any tight end uh, in the NFL since his acquisition. Zero chance he hits free agency and leaves. They will take what money they have after they release the likes of Devon Kennard and Jordan Phillips and allocate some of that to Ertz. That's, it's a position that they cannot draft and develop. They've never been able to. He is, yep. I think, still a firm top 10 tight end in the NFL. It'll, he'll be back, and I he's one of my favorite players currently on this team. He also had very positive things to say about Cliff and said he has one of the best offensive minds in the league. I don't want to get back on Cliff because uh, we've talked for 25 minutes about just Cliff Kingsbury, and I'm sure we're going to continue to talk about him for, well, sheesh. At this time next year, we're still going to be talking about Cliff Kingsbury. So. <laughs> All I have to say is it doesn't matter if you're one of the best offensive minds in the league. If you somehow have a meltdown in pressure situations and you can't develop a quarterback and be the leader that a quarterback is, I'll give him a little bit of grace there because Kyla Murray is one of a kind when it comes to his personality. But I don't care if you're one of the best offensive minds, if there's so many other glaring issues about you know, about other qualities that you just don't, uh, you know, you don't meet the standards for. It is frustrating, Cheerson, and I'll give you credit here, you know, as it relates to the leadership aspect with Kyler Murray. He's not the best leader. We know that. Uh, it's been a tough, I would say, this is probably the toughest 28 to 24 to 48 hours he's had as a pro. Uh, I saw he was, he was, blocking like national um media members from guys from barstool that kind of thing uh he was oh really over. yeah he he blocked big cat big cat made a tweet about it uh, a couple people in the comments some some verified people say he's extra sensitive and like i get it like I'm, I'm, i think they were dogging still on his height which i that's played out i i don't know why that's still a thing but i mean kyler is unfortunately very very much a lightning rod for that kind of criticism still. And then you watch like a Joe Burrow right now, and I'm not not comparing him to Joe Burrow, the player, but like Joe Burrow just says all the right things, right? Mm -hmm. Just comes natural for him. And he's grab like the players gravitate toward him and he's got that gravitas about him. Like it's everybody's different. I get that. Everybody progresses on their own time. I just, we're, we're, we're just waiting for Kyler to take that next step as a leader vocally in the media, in the locker room, on the field. I, I, 
at the end of year three, like that's that's a big reason why I don't he's not going to get extended this offseason is just there there are growing concerns about him to be able to lead an organization. Well, I'll pose this question to you because I asked this on our postgame show while you were in the press conferences. So Russell Wilson, I didn't hear the comment. Um, I read a tweet about it and Saul brought it up. So I might butcher it a little bit, but Russell Wilson, I guess, made some comment that if I were on the field right now, I'd be kind of walking around getting all my guys pumped up. And you could read that into an indictment on Kyler. There was obviously that other uh, Seahawks, Jeremy Fowler situation where you could also say maybe that points a little bit to Kyler as well. Um, When other teams, and I wonder, I'm beginning to wonder if this is just a Seahawks thing. Let's hear from a team that's outside of the NFC West. (laughs) But I wonder if word has gotten around to other players in the league so much so where Maybe when it comes down to trying to get a player who has some choices for where he wants to go, and I I don't have any names, I'm just, it's a hypothetical situation. Has it gotten to a point where potentially players could say, well, you know, you got some nice weather, you've got some big names, I'd love to play with JJ, I'd love to play with D-Hop, you know, Cliff Kingsbury seems like he'd be a good coach. But if Kyler Murray is going to be the leader of that team, it seems like it might be difficult. And I don't know if that's going to be a good fit. Has it gotten that far? I don't think so. I don't think we're there yet. I also think like Russell Wilson, I guess it sucks because he's been in the division forever. And I, I'm, I'm not convinced he's leaving until it actually happens. But he's just he's probably one of the greatest singular leaders of my you know, adult life watching NFL football. I mean, he's on that like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning level of, of leadership. And so like, of, of course, Russell Wilson's going to be doing that. And of course he's been the biggest driving factor of their success the last decade and a half with the Legion of Boom and all those guys. So that's, that's unfortunate. Um, I don't think Kyler Murray's turning off free agents. Um, I, I still think at the end of the day, this offense is still when it's humming, you're going to get targets. You're going to get paid here. You're going to be able to live in a, in a, for a lot of people, the, the ideal climate, you know, 12 months out of the year, it's not Jacksonville. We're, we're not reaching like scenarios as it relates to like what the Browns might have to go through now with Baker Mayfield. Could we be one more season away from that? Cheerson? Maybe if, if it implodes again next year, then, then you could say like, that's a toxic situation kind of like Houston just went through with Deshaun Watson. And that's a different dynamic, but that was deemed a toxic franchise. And players openly were refuting trades to Houston. Houston was trying to trade for players. And and players were like, I'm going to retire. You cannot send me there. Right? (laughs) I I will not play there this year. So Cardinals are on that level, but it, it can get to that level where people are just like, you know, check back in a couple of years. I I want no part of the Houston Texans right now. Well, we were talking as well about how we made it through our first ever Cardinals football season as a media company. And we're kind of wrapping up. We're going to continue on throughout the entire postseason, of course. 
We're going to give you guys podcast shows five days a week. Uh, That's not stopping, but it was really kind of fun to look back on everything that we've done and the amazing people that we've met along the way. We absolutely love people who've become a part of the family, people who tune in. Um, If you're listening and you have not become an official part of the family, meaning you've uh, signed up for a membership at gophnx.com. Uh, we'd love for you to, to do that. We, we talk more on our, our Discord, our members-only Discord. Uh, you're going to get a free T-shirt. If you are somebody who is an overall Arizona sports fan and maybe you've gotten your Cardinals gear, well, the good thing is is the Suns are still playing and they're playing very well. So maybe you had to – if you get your free T-shirt and it's a Suns-themed T-shirt, we've got options for – uh, every Arizona team uh, on our website at the uh, phnxlocker.com. And uh, again, if you sign up to be a member, you're going to get a free t-shirt. So we love all of you guys and we appreciate you listening. And uh, we'd also love for you to become a part of the official family at gophnx.com. Well said. Our, I was like, Johnny, you don't have anything to say to our viewers who we love so much. Not one message to them. Thank you for sticking with us this year. <laughs> uh, as we continue to grow this channel, this brand, PHNX Cardinals podcast, which, I mean, I'm biased. I think it's the best Arizona Cardinal podcast going today. And I think your output of support uh, merits that statement. Uh, our Twitter account is always popping. We just crossed 3,000 followers. We're incredibly excited about that. We're going to bring you new and inventive ways to consume content. It will not stop. It will only get better. But that's because of all of your support. So thank you so much. I was making what? sure that we you were done with your thank you. Yeah, sorry to put you on the spot as well. We're tired. We're so tired. We're like yeah, a step. I'm we're like tired. a step behind in everything. I know. <laughs> all right. Well, the last point I wanted to make out of things that I took away from the interviews today, the exit interviews, Zach Allen brought up a good point. And well, there's two sides to this point. He said, you know, the young guys on the team, guys that had never played in a postseason game, they got a taste of it. And he's pretty confident that they're going to attack the offseason harder than ever because and really make a run next year because, you know, once you kind of get your feet wet, that's all you want. So that's a good point. The other point that, you know, their youth was also used to make was how can you possibly blame Kyler and go down the list of, of guys that are, that were out there that were making their postseason debuts when they've never been on this stage before you and I, so let's go with the negative. Then let's go with the positive. You and I were talking as we left the, the, re, the, the stadium yesterday and, we didn't even feel like that felt like a playoff game, to be honest no. with you. And in my opinion, you know, maybe what maybe the the wild card round to me is not gonna feel any different unless you're playing uh in Green Bay or in Buffalo or something like that, where you've just got this crazy fan base. But wild card round isn't gonna feel a ton different in terms of everything around you in my opinion like it's not like the NBA where you can literally feel it on you 
the difference between because the crowd is like on top of you and the difference between the regular season and the postseason and the silence after big moments are harsher and the cheers and the boos are louder. That's a real thing. And you can cut the tension with a knife. Like that's a real thing in the NBA. And it might, the farther that you get in the postseason, it the, the atmosphere might become that. But you're telling me this is a team they played twice already. They've already been to LA. You're telling me that they that that Kyler that the stage was too big for him because they played a wild card game against the LA Rams. I'm not buying that. No, and I like how I don't know playoff experience. I'm going to be honest. I think it's overrated. I, I they and they had some on the roster and. Cliff made a comment in the post game. I, I don't know if we had enough playoff experience and, and guys just, you know, it's good for us. Now we have that. You're telling what me last night. Mean? I don't what even does know that like even that. Mean? Zach Taylor just won a playoff game uh, in his first debut. And so did <laughs> Joe Burrow. I hate, he hate to keep coming back to that, but like that Joe Burrow first overall pick Zach Taylor a uh, coach that seemingly couldn't win. They turn it around this year. They won a, an incredibly difficult division, not the NFC West, but still. So I just, I don't buy it. I think it's something you say in the, in the moment. And they, Chandler Jones has won a Super Bowl. Zach Ertz won a Super Bowl. Kelvin Beecham has been on a ton of playoff teams with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, DJ Humphreys has been to the postseason before Rodney Hudson's been to the playoffs before. I mean, like the only one that's are that were inexperienced, for the most part, was the quarterback and the head coach. And it showed last night. They both played horrendous or had horrendous showings. That's I think that's what this comes down to. The coach didn't have the team ready to play. And Kyler Murray, even though his team was consistently letting him down, did not rise to the occasion. And, you know, Lamar Jackson had, I think, two really poor playoff showings to begin his career. Same with Josh Allen. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Kyler bounces back next year. It's okay. You're allowed a mulligan in the playoffs. It's not going to define Kyler's career. But, like, let's not make excuses about playoff right. experience being that vital when we've seen, like, Russell Wilson, Kyler and Kaepernick, recent examples in the NFC West, you know, Jared Goff that have gone to the playoffs and had immediate success. Like, I just – it's a year-to-year thing, scenarios. I mean, they – they're, they're not getting replaced, but let's make sure that there is enough blame where we're not making excuses. And I think that's the problem with Kingsbury for a lot of fans is I, Cliff owns certain things and he's humble in a lot of ways. But last night, everybody wanted to hear him say, I, I screwed this up. I fudged this up. I apologize to our fans for that lack of effort because that's what it was. When I was yelling about what does that even mean? I scared my dog. He's sleeping and he popped his head up like what's happening like, what does what mean? <laughs> Am I going to the kennel? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're about to wrap this conversation up. But first, let's take a second for a message from the Arizona Department of Health. Children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool that we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. And the vaccine can reduce the risk of not only being hospitalized, but also even dying from the disease. It's safe. The vaccine is free, and it is highly effective against COVID-19. Vaccines are available throughout the state of Arizona, and you can visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine 
for a location near you to help make sure that we are all healthy, that we are all out of the hospital. Again, visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. It is free and highly effective, and it's our best shot at staying healthy and out of the hospital. Okay, so going back to Zach Allen's comment, though, is it a good thing? And I think we kind of just downplay the the experience aspect of it. But is there something to be said for, okay, I got a taste of that and we exited way earlier than I wanted to and we're going to work our butts off in the off season harder than we ever have to get back to that? How many guys were actually making their debut? I mean, you've got Zach Allen, you've got Kyler Murray, you've got Byron Murphy, Christian Kirk. I mean, there's a a decent amount of guys on your team. I don't know if Christian Kirk's going to be back next year, but there was a decent amount making their postseason debut. There was also a decent amount that just hadn't been there in a long time that probably got a taste of like, oh, I, I remember what this feels like. So is there something to be said in that regard? No, because I, I think at the end <laughs> of the day, like to your point, they've played the Rams every year, twice a year. That stadium, I mean, it was loud. It wasn't overly loud. It was a Monday no. night football game. It just felt weird. It wasn't. Lambeau on a Saturday afternoon with Troy Aikman and Joe Buck calling your game. It wasn't Tom Brady. I mean, it. if that no, was, but you don't know what was being said, like internally to like get them excited for what, what could be in terms of making a postseason run, especially remember, you know, JJ Watts coming back. I'm sure he had, you know, things to say to the team and whatever. And I don't think that they came out like uninspired. I, I mean, I'm sure that they were super excited to play that game. It just didn't, it just didn't work out for them, but maybe there's something to be said though, just for like whatever the internal message and belief was that they got a taste of that and a taste of like, Hey, we now control our own destiny. We just have to continue to win, win tonight. We're going to get win again next, and we're getting closer and closer to the Super Bowl. We've got a shot because we made it this far, and not every team makes it to the playoffs. Like, I feel like I could sort of see, especially coming out of the mouth of a young guy who played in the playoffs for the first time. Like, I, I suppose even being in a position where it's like, okay, 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 who are we going to get first? And just the whole aspect that comes along with it is exciting. The Cardinals showed us for the last six weeks <laughs> who they are. And no amount of coach speak or player enthusiasm after choking away the division will change the fact that last night's performance was on par with what we've seen since week 13 at Chicago. After that game, this uh, minus the Dallas showing, and we've seen Dallas very fraudulent team outside of the NFC East, the Cardinals were big time frauds this year in the second half of the season. So while we all wanted it to happen last night, no one can be surprised. I, like most fans on Twitter, Cheerson, most people listening to this podcast, deep down, you know you weren't surprised by that. It was very much on the table for that game to end up like it was. You, I mean, just like I, you know, we do this. We're very fortunate to do this for a living. Like there were times I'm just like I don't want to watch any more of this, especially after Buddha. Mm-hmm got hurt I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people turned the tv off at that point like i don't i don't want to be subjected to any more of this garbage football i've seen it too often the last six weeks like it just there's something to be said about trending in the right direction and they weren't 
and the fact that they thought they were just going to flip the switch or they at least tried to sell us on that fact with this, with this great road team, it's a new season. Everybody's O and O that's, I'm going to call bullshit on that because you just, you, you've blown so many opportunities for success in the months of December and January. Like I'm, we can't be surprised by how it ended. I tried to include, include one positive bullet point in there. You wanted nothing to do with it. Not today. I'm tired. (laughs) All right. Well, it's probably time to go to bed. Did you have any more thoughts on the exit interviews today or anything that we didn't touch, Johnny? No, I've had, I've had enough. I've had enough of you 2021 Arizona Cardinals. Let me sleep in peace. And tomorrow we will pick up the pieces of this broken season and attempt to move forward. I cannot talk draft people on Twitter (laughs) trying to talk to me about mock drafts in January when the season just ended. I love you and your passion. I can't do it today. I just can't. It is way too soon for that. We're going to be talking about that for the next four months. So uh, too soon for that. You got to at least wait until I feel like I would love to be able to wait until the season like the, after the Super Bowl to start talking about that, that might be a little too late, but I like, I at least need a few days, like a week probably to before I start talking about the draft. I mean, we're going to, we're going to talk about that for a long time. Regardless, good riddance to the 2021, 2022 Arizona Cardinals. We say goodbye to you. It was, um, it was good at parts. It was <laughs> awful towards the end and we're done. So Uh, We're not done with you guys, though. We appreciate you tuning in. We're going to be back at it tomorrow. If you have not subscribed to our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts or our YouTube channel, we'd appreciate if you do that. And follow us on social media so you make sure that you don't miss a thing that we're doing. That's at PHNX underscore Cardinals. Johnny, go get some sleep. Good night, everyone.